the down effect is not going to be so great for you to not take that chance of purchasing a property for yourself. Right. You know, because there's also, what are you going to do? You're going to go rent the property and you're going to pay somebody else's mortgage. There are also other benefits of purchasing a property such as tax benefits, which, you know, you should always discuss this with your CPA or accountant, sure. but you know, you have your interest that you pay is tax deductible. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Be Inspired. My name is Miguel Global. I'm your host. And today we are going to talk about the housing market and whether it's a good time to buy, sell, or wait it out. And the special guest I have here with me today is Julie from Julie's Realty in Miami Beach. This young lady has built an empire. And before we get into that, let's talk about a little bit about her history. So Julie is originally from Russia. This whole idea of jumping into real estate started with her aunt. Her aunt was an agent, and then Julie literally used her computer savviness to jump in and help her aunt out. And then eventually, Julie found a passion for real estate, got her license, and became an agent. Then years later, of course, she became a broker. And then if that wasn't enough for Julie because she was super ambitious, she eventually saw some opportunities in the market on timing and speed and efficiency where she said, hey, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this my way. And I'm going to build an empire. And that's exactly what she did. That's where Julie's Realty was born. So she's a major player in the South Florida real estate scene. And she now has over 150 rock star agents on her team. And she just expanded another office further up towards the downtown area. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Julie. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow, that was amazing. <laughs> hey, it's good to hear about yourself, huh? It sure does. Julie, listen. We're going to jump right into this because over the course of the last several weeks to a month, whether it be from family members, whether it's looking at feeds on social media, people are really curious and many are concerned about what's the right move to make as it relates to the housing market. And listen, who better to ask that question? You were an agent for years. You're a broker. You train agents. You have an army of agents. You're out there in the trenches every day. So you understand this from all aspects. And that's what I want to do. I want, I want to break into this. So I hope you're ready for this discussion. I'm so ready. I'm born ready. Awesome. So let's just get right into it. How different is the current housing market now to you versus the crash in 2008? Is there a significant difference or it's not that serious? It's not that serious. The impact that we had in 2007, 2008 was fueled by real estate. Okay. This is not the case right now. Um, this COVID-19, it's a fear factor that, yes, it exists. And just in the past couple of weeks, I've been busier than ever because guess what? People are now finally, that fear is now fading away. And now people are like, we need a place to live. The interest rates are super low. We need to take advantage of it. So my phone has not stopped. And so has my agents. We're constantly talking and, and getting information from each other. And we've been busier than ever in the last right. couple of weeks. So, you know, with that said, I think... Yes, you know, COVID-19 has affected our market in certain instances because there are certain owners that have been affected more than others. They have to sell. They don't have enough equity. But it's not like it was back in 2007, 2008, where people have cashed out to the point of no return. Right. And basically, that's what fueled the whole bubble. And that's what happened. That is not the case. Right now, we have 
um, between last crash and what's going on right now, it's three and a half times less of ca- of, of cash outs. And I'm talking about in percentages. Right. So um, I have some stats here actually with that conversation. So between 2005 and 2007, there was $824 billion in refinances cashed out from home equity lines. Right. So now when you compare it to 2017 to 2019, there was only 232 billion. Mm. So that's three and a half times less than the last crash that we had. That's a significant number. That's very significant. So let's go back because you said something that was important. You said, depending on the owner, some homeowners is what the language you use. Some homeowners are feeling the brunt. Now, are these are homeowners that are more leveraged than other homeowners? Because if you own one or two houses, maybe it's not as bad as someone that owns 10. Is that is that what you mean or not necessarily because you could be still in a very good position owning several homes because you still have the equity financially you haven't been impacted as much as others have right Right. because depending on what industry you're in there are certain people depending on what business they're in they haven't been impacted as much so the impact that we've had mostly here at least here in miami south florida it's been the hospitality business right Right. it's been the restaurants so those are the people that you're going to see that either have are currently owning homes that are in trouble because they can they live paycheck to paycheck and also they don't have equity so those are the ones that are going to be impacted and those are the ones where we're going to see some probably increase in foreclosures going up but it's going to be a very small percentage compared to the crisis we had before and so the recovery time is going to be so much faster compared to what we had last time happen um so with certain people going back to what you said you know the leverage of course that's a that's a plus for somebody that's leveraged in a good way meaning that they have equity they're in a good position because if they even if they lost their jobs but they they own several properties they can sell one of their properties cash out and be able to and take care of that right so you know, it depends on the situation. And a lot of people are in a much better situation than they were before because of all the speculating that was going on. Yeah. So I think people really did learn their lesson and For they're sure. no longer, I mean, we do, don't get me wrong. We have, we still have those speculators, but not as many as we had last time. So, so the Florida housing market um, undoubtedly took a major hit from coronavirus. But what people are saying is the rebound time is uncertain and a lot of people have essentially what they put in the news they say they press the pause button so to the, to the people out there right now that are pressing the pause button what do you say to them i mean obviously as a broker you <laughs> take that finger off that pause button and do what you need to do because there are so many more positive things that we have that you need to take advantage of such as the interest rates right the interest rates right now are in the low threes now again there are different factors that go into calculating an interest rate because everybody goes on the internet and they're like oh my interest rate should be x there are factors right. and you need to speak to your lender because depending on your debt to income ratio and all that stuff your interest rate is going to vary but still compared to where we were even a year ago it's about a one point difference and so with that said if you're so concerned about the price values going down yeah they're probably going to go down a little bit it's not going to be like a 50 percent drop but with the interest rates being so low you're going to take advantage of that and over a one-year period on a two hundred thousand dollar loan you're going to be saving over twenty seven thousand dollars a year yeah 
So uh, over the 30 year period, I'm sorry. Yes, you're going to be saving that amount of money. So even if the prices do go down, you know, and then they go up, they always fluctuate. You're still safe. So take advantage of that. Now, yes, there are some people that are looking at it as an investment versus should I buy because I'm buying it as a primary residence? Yes, in those cases, I think that it's probably a good idea to just wait it out a little bit and gauge it, but be able to pull that plug quickly. Now, if you're buying cash, you have the, the ability to wait it out and pull the plug whenever you want now if you're buying it using financing you do have to gauge the market you have to gauge the interest rate so there's different factors no that makes a lot of sense so if you're listening out there i guess you heard it directly (laughs) don't press the pause button now how about the person that says okay but you're a broker you're you're a salesperson you built an empire off of knowing how to sell you're saying no and and say i know this julie you actually just purchased I just closed. You on my just closed property. on your second property yeah. is around time. So that that's a credible thing to understand for you. Those of you that are listening out there as well. She's saying this as an entrepreneur. She's also just went back in and purchased as well. A lot of my friends that are agents all around the country are saying, actually, their business wasn't affected at all. Do you think that people could be saying, hmm, let me protect some of this cash I have and Maybe I was fearful before, but now is probably the right time to buy a house, at least to put some, to, to secure some of that cash somewhere. Do you think that that could be a result for some? Absolutely. And different markets. So it's a very general question and every market is different. So it depends where you are. Um, but as far as South Florida is concerned, you know, if you're going to, if you're looking to purchase right now and you have money, I would say it's definitely a safe time yeah. to buy because even if the prices do go down, it's an up and you know it's an up and down kind of effect and right now the down effect is not going to be so great for you to not take that chance of purchasing a property for yourself you know because there's also what are you going to do you're going to go rent the property and you're going to pay somebody else's mortgage there are also other benefits of purchasing a property such as tax benefits which you know you should always discuss this with your cpa or accountant but you know you have your interest that you pay is tax deductible the property taxes Say, say that again because if a person has never purchased a home they don't understand that yeah, literally. So. <laughs> so if you pay an additional two hundred thousand dollars over the course of X amount of years for your property, the entire interest is tax deductible. Yeah. So there are caveats some, to that. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So there are some restrictions and every person is going to be different because there is a loan limit yeah. that you cannot exceed. However, there are benefits to property taxes up to ten thousand dollars are tax deductible. So that's huge. And you're a homeowner. You have the uh, now you have the luxury of choosing. Do I want to upgrade my home or do I have to live in this house that somebody else built with the same color walls and, and stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah. for me, at least, and for many of the people that I know that are my clients to them, that's a huge plus, you know, right. they're, they're doing something to their home. Cause most of the times when people do move into a property, they want to improve it. Right. So yeah. why not improve your own home and then be in charge of your destiny? And that's the way that I look at it. And right now, all of the, um, all of the things that we look at, such as the stability and, and the interest rates, you know, they're very, very low. And I'm, when I'm talking about stability, I'm not talking about unemployment stability because yeah, obviously that's, tough. Another that's, monster. Yeah. that's another monster that we're tackling. But, you know, when I'm talking about stability of property values, so our property values still, when you look at the predictions, they're looking to they're predicting that the um, that the prices from now to 2022 they're pretty much going to stay where they're at right now. Which is a good sign. It's a great it's sign. It's a great actually. sign. Yeah, that's a great sign. Especially me, I'm a recent homeowner, home buyer as well. And I was, in, I was intrigued to know that when I looked 
at whatever forecast data was available that the home value didn't drop much. Yep. So that's actually very good. So in a buyer's market, for those of you listening, the buyer has the power typically in a buyer's market, right? More supply, less demand allows you to negotiate better terms and deals if you're the buyer. In a seller's market, the seller has the power, right? Because the law of supply and demand is reverse. Would you, if you just had to pinpoint it, would you say we're in a buyer's market? Or would you say people should buy but proceed with caution? So on a macro level, buyer's market. But on a micro level, again, you have to look at each individual market as a sub market. And so those there are certain areas that are still a seller's market, there's not enough inventory in certain markets. That's a fair that's a fair response. So what advice could you give to a first time home buyer, a person that's like, look, this is an exciting time. And uh, I was just speaking about this earlier with a friend of mine is during pandemics is where the magic really happened. It's unfortunate. A lot of people lose. A lot of people suffer. There are people, no matter what discussion we have here, they will lose their home. Yep. They will lose their properties and assets. However, I like to also think there's a silver lining within there where people really get adventurous and spontaneous and pull out those resistance barriers that they had. And I'm hearing a little from the people I know, there are people that are really interested in saying, you know what? I want to buy my first home now. And whether that's motivated by saying if I have to be on quarantine for another year, I'd rather for it to be in somewhere that I feel safe, something that has more space, something that's mine. And I won't have to worry about the owner selling and I'm stuck, which is what you were saying before. So when you look at that, what raw and, and true advice can you give to that first home buyer if they're scared? So first and foremost, get yourself a knowledgeable realtor. When you're a buyer, it does not cost you a thing. So when you go to a doctor for a specific kind of, a, you know, a procedure that you need to get done, you go to a specialist, right? right? You don't go to some general for doctor sure. because that's what they specialize in. It's the same thing with real estate. There are realtors that spe specialize in different kind of things. So whatever it is that you're looking for, make sure you research and you get yourself a realtor, somebody that's knowledgeable. And internet is out there for everyone to use. Absolutely. And there's a lot of information out there that you have to filter through. But at the end of the day, it is, it is a lot of knowledge out there that you can grasp on and take advantage of. So realtors are on the internet. You can research them. You can go on their Zillow profile. You can see you know what they've done, where they've sold. Old. So right. now it's not a matter of them telling you what they did. You can look, you can look it up. Yeah. So that's number one, because once you get yourself a knowledgeable realtor, that's been experienced, you know, that has had, um, X amount of years and there's really, really good realtors out there that are also new in the business, right. but have other knowledge that they're bringing, yeah, to they're the bringing table. that into their table. Yeah. Right. So, you know, don't take it away from the new realtors. I don't want to take that away from them because there's a lot of amazing realtors on my team that are brand new that are, I mean, kicking butt and they're amazing. Now, now, let me touch on that one as well, because that's so key. If if you've never purchased a home and it's the process that you you learn to appreciate as a home buyer, it's very fearful on the outside because there's a lot of stuff that you have to kind of put together oh, in yeah. order to buy a this lot. home. <laughs> but once you go through it, you realize, hey, let's do it again. You know, yeah. if you're capable to do it. So if you're listening to this out there, don't just settle, as Julie said, for just for someone that just is a realtor. Or maybe it could be a family member or a friend. You want somebody that's truly knowledgeable because the realtor can make or break the deal Yeah. in many, many, many cases. And not only that, at the end of the day, the, the uh, a home purchase is a very monumental thing in someone's life. 
Absolutely. And you don't want that to be mismanaged by the wrong person. Exactly. But, you know, I want to go back to the new realtors because I don't want to take that away Absolutely. from them again. You know, as I have a lot of new realtors and I actually love mentoring them and, and teaching them and... You know, they have a broker that they can count on. So right. even a brand new agent, if you feel comfortable that they're with a broker that has the knowledge, that's right. what we're here for. That's why they join a broker so that the broker can provide the knowledge to the newer realtors. Yep. Right. Um, so with with that said, um, getting yourself a very knowledgeable realtor is number one, because that with the realtor, you can kind of filter the information that Absolutely. you're hearing it from other people because they should be the person you confide in. There yep. should be the person you speak with and say, hey, what about that? I read this on the Internet. Can you tell me more exactly. about that? So we're the filter between the internet and the client, because there's a lot of information and it could be overwhelming oh, and a lot of it can yeah. be in, in misinterpreted and you could be guided a very wrong path. And so it's important to team up with a realtor that's going to be able to guide you down the right path. Absolutely. And, um, and then that you're successful in, in reaching your goal of homeownership. And it's really an easy process it I is. mean, for me because I've been there and done <laughs> a that. Million times, I, yeah. yeah, and I do it for my clients. But it's an amazing process once you have the right team leading Absolutely. you. And it's not just a realtor. It doesn't stop with a realtor. I know you asked me, you know, what are my five top uh, tips for? Right. Um, and, and we're going to get there. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, we can't give them the juice okay. just quite yet. <laughs> I'm but, sorry. But I also wanted to say, because um, I know you wanted to make sure you emphasize um, the fact that you were not saying that new realtors, I think the word we use was experience yeah. because for example, I've trained salespeople in the world that in the existing business and market we were in, there were people that were in that business 15 years, but the newer person, because they came equipped with more ability to connect with people faster, they were more entrepreneurial and self-starters. Everything at the speed of they, now. They just yeah. ran. They just ran up that ladder. So I think what we were both trying to say is to just make sure that the person that is your agent has a vested interest in getting you the best deal and they have the information to be able to provide exactly. you. Exactly, yep. yeah. Yep. Whether they're day one or day 100. Right. So that's a great segue into this is that what help or services do you think that are available to assist people in buying. Now, the Federal Housing Finance Agency, we have to touch on this because this is frustrating for many people. They open forbearance programs that allows for missed mortgage payments. It's not a forgiveness situation. Right now, there's a blurred line with saying, yeah, we'll extend you two or three months, but you have to pay that whole amount due in several months. Can you clarify exactly what that is? Because there's a lot of misleading information out there for people. So the forbearance, I've been hearing a lot of different things, but typically a lot of lenders, and you have to check with each of your each le lender, each lender individually, um, and make sure you understand. But typically what most lenders are doing right now with the forbearance is that they're adding whatever payment, let's say it's three months that right. they're letting you not pay they're adding that, those three months to the end of your term. Okay. So it definitely needs to be, nothing is for free. They right. still got to pay for their money. So exactly. you got to pay for yours. Just like, you know, with, with rent money, a lot of people now are also talking about, oh, my rent should be forgiven. And that's not the case. Yeah, the landlord the still got to pay Somebody a mortgage. Gotta, but, but, so. but isn't it also the case, depending on the lender, that although they'll give you a couple of months to get your stuff together. There are lenders, because I caught one just to see if yeah. this was true, that they're saying, yeah, we will give um, our clients two months, we'll hold it, but on the third month, they have to pay 
all those months in full. I've heard, we won't put it on the back end of the loan. Right. That's why I said make sure you call your lender individually and Perfect. verify with them. But yes, I've heard of that too, which does not make any sense at no, all. No. So, and and I wanted to ask that question for those of you that are listening because don't just say, "Okay, great. This is this is loan forgiveness. This is not what this is." Somebody has to pay that bill. So, I don't want you to be surprised that, you know, you didn't look at the fine line the bottom line and in three months you actually if your mortgage is two thousand a month you have six thousand dollars due right in three months and that's a tough spot to be in if you weren't aware yeah i mean there you're already in a, in a bad spot to begin with and now yeah. you're just tripling that bad spot exactly i also want to talk a little further about um the skill set of an agent because in your case you've built a company and First, I know people that built, built really... How old are you, Julie? I'm 37. You're 37 years old. think about that one. <laughs> you're, you're, no, this is, this is amazing. You're 37 years old. You have a fantastic business model in a beautiful office in Miami, where we know Miami is full of movers and shakers. But you've been able to do this as... You haven't had children yet, but you bust your ass and you really built this massive company and you're, you're young in comparison to the grand scheme of things. What do you say to the person that's out there that aspires to say, I, I want to be a broker and I want to build my own company? What, what advice do you offer them? Be passionate. So whatever it is that you're doing, passion has to be the driving force and it's the driving force for me. So what I do is not work right. because I love it. Um, I breathe it, I eat it, you know, that that's what feeds me. And that's what gives me life. So right. that's my passion. And so I think with the passion, anything that you do with passion is just going to thrive. Right. And so you've been in this business for how many years? I've had my company since 2007. I actually opened up, opened it up when the crash, the last crash. So look at this, was right? Going on. <laughs> this is textbook amazing because you built a company during a crash without understanding the uncertainty of the future. Yep. And you jumped in and you nosedived in. And so you've essentially experienced two pandemics in a sense. And you've built this massive company. And I'm not going to ask you about your personal, your company's personal earnings or the amount of houses. But you drive the Bentley. You have the beautiful condo over the water. And now you just got another one downtown. For, for someone that thinks that's impossible to do. Like during pandemics, we always say, this is where the magic can happen. This is where you learn something from it and you be um, you reaching your inner ingenuity and say, if I'm ever going to take a risk so that I can prepare for later on in life to the person that's scared to do that. You can literally sit here and say, I was that person and I did it. Look at me. I definitely am that person. And just, you know, thinking about it gives me the goosebumps because yeah. it just takes me back to that time. And it wasn't easy. It was very tough. But. Again, with my passion as the driving force, I knew that I was going to make it and I had to adapt and I had to figure things out very quickly. Right. And that's another thing. So if you're in real estate, you need to learn how to adapt because the market is ever changing, be it to adapt your tactic, be it to adapt, you know, your your model. Right. Um, but you need to be able to adapt and stick to it. And that's why a lot of people also fail in real estate is that they're not able to adapt quickly enough. And like I said, this market is ever changing and you need to be able to to stick with it. Oh, man. So that's a powerful statement because there's a statistic that's running out there that says a large percentage of the most successful realtors that generate over hundred thousand dollars more a year. And that percentage of people is because they've embraced technology. 
and the CRM systems and stuff like that. So for the agent that is out there listening to this that says, not the buyer per se or the seller, the agent that's saying, wow, I'm inspired by what Julie has done at such a young age and built this massive enterprise. What is a tip you can give me to be successful before we get into those? Because the tips we're going to offer is owning a home. But I'm sure you would definitely tell someone you better crack open the technology that's available to you because you can reach a plethora of people now. I mean, oh my God. The era that we live in, like, if you're not successful, you're definitely doing something wrong because the information is there. Yeah. The access to information is there. I mean, you still got to read it. You still got to, you know, educate yourself. Um, but the technology, being able to get in front of millions of people at the same time, we didn't have that before. No. Before internet. And when I started in my real estate career in 2001, I didn't have any of that, you yeah. know? So I had to work a hundred times harder than we have to work right now. But right now, I think what a lot of people do get scared about, they get overwhelmed is the amount of knowledge and the amount of technology because they don't know which technology do I use. They want to do everything at the same time and then they fail. So you really got to get down to the core of your business and not try to take on all the technology that's available out there, but really focus on what's important for you and your core business. And like, you know, if I had to suggest for any realtors that are out there, regardless of how old you are, how long you've been in the business, a CRM is one of your go-to technologies that you need to embrace and have because it's a way for you to stay in touch with your clients on a massive level instead of, oh, let me pick up the phone and make that phone call, which don't get me wrong, those phone calls are necessary as well, but you also need to be on the tip of the mind of that client every single day because the number of realtors is growing and you want to be that realtor that regardless of how many realtors they meet along the way, they're always going to be reminded of you because you're constantly in their face through social media, through email, email blast but the only way to do that is to have a centralized system like a crm that's going to do the work for you and there's tons of them yeah. and if you ask me which one i would say use the one that's going to work for you <laughs> exactly. and go with it and Not be consistent and be consistent so to to give to add to that what you just said in the sales world where i come from when i used to facilitate trainings and every now and then i do it now i ask the the salespeople that are mid-level looking to uh, go higher. And I said, what do you believe that the prime around the ideal number of follow-ups that you should have with a potential lead or customer? And I said, well, how, how many times do you think you should follow up? And at what number do you think is where the people are most successful? So people will say one or I'm a follow-up with them too. Mm-hmm. So this conversation is for agents that are listening out there. Do you know that it is not until you hit between nine and 11 follow-ups that the sales, the heightened level of the sales actually happen? And that goes the same. It's sales 101. Yeah. And so follow-up is realtors. Number one downfall is follow-ups. Yeah. And so if you create a system that's able to automate the follow-up for you, it's and you awesome. just have to make maybe one or two phone calls rather than doing all those phone calls at that time, you yeah. could follow up on a massive level with massive amount of people. So that's why your real estate empire can grow so much bigger than you could have ever had it grow before. Right. And you have to embrace it. But, you know, talking about follow-up, another thing that I want to touch on is Follow-up can be done in many different ways. There is a follow-up that can be done with a phone call or a follow-up can be done by sending an email, a text message, a video. There are so many. So you have to get creative and you have to use the technology 
for every type of, and I think you have to categorize people, right? Into like exactly. what's going to be the most um, effective follow-up for this person. For this person. Yep. And you got to use those tools. So again, being creative, you're in sales. It's like opening up your mind and not being feared of rejection because that's, I think, one of the number one things. For new salespeople. For new salespeople. <laughs> and even yeah. myself, it's something yeah. that I work on every single day and just not having that fear of rejection is going to break those walls and it's going to you know create amazing things and breakthroughs and here's the good news the more you get rejected the more comfortable with it you get yeah and so, every no <laughs> is a step closer to a yes 100 percent. so julie in in your years of experience and you've been doing this for quite some time and as we said before you, you are the poster child in the sense for the success when it comes to real estate and, and you're clearly not stopping because you're building another office and i'm sure you're you're motivated you, you got a lot of uh, a lot of pump left in you right yeah. so what would be your top five tips that you would give? Let's go back to homeowners. For the person that says, you know what, I'm ready to buy a home. Is there anything you can share with me that, to help me? What would be your top five tips? Number one, get a realtor. Okay. Okay. I said that already, but that goes a long way. And I don't know why people don't do it. I have so many people that call me right. that start out without a realtor and they waste a lot of time. So number one is get yourself a knowledgeable realtor. Um, number two, that realtor is going to guide you through the process of getting the right lender. There's a lot of lenders available and you need to feel comfortable working with the right lender right. because without money, you're not buying a home. Of course. So don't waste your time starting to look for a property without really knowing what your financing conditions are. So that's always important. And a lot of people kind of, you know, I, I educate a lot of buyers in that sense because they sometimes when you ask them for a pre-approval letter, they take a step back and they're like, oh, what, you don't trust me? I exactly. have a great, great credit score and I make a lot of money. And I'm like, no, I want you to do this the right way because I would hate for you to get excited about a property only to find out that you need more of a down payment than you initially thought, yeah. you know, or assumed. So don't leave any room for assumption. First things first is getting the money straight. So you, you need to get that done. If you are looking to purchase a home, you should give yourself at least six months okay. before starting the process. That way you kind of have everything aligned. And so you're prepared. And it can happen much sooner than that. But oh, you're absolutely. saying buffer yourself. Buffer yourself if you have the time. But I mean, I have people that started a month before and they want to get into a house and we'll make it happen. Yeah. But if you have the ability to give yourself a buffer, for sure, give yourself at least six months to be prepared and have everything ready to execute. And then also about you know, educating yourself about the different loan programs, which again goes back to the lender and just knowing which one is going to be the best for you. Okay. Well, property. Um, now one quick, one question for lenders. So yeah. uh, again, cause this is language that may be a new person that's not sure. So it, it, what you suggested is definitely a, uh, when you're first starting out, if you haven't had a great relationship pre-existing with a lender to shop, several lenders didn't compare oh absolutely you definitely should shop and have several options available and right. see because even though and, and this is a thing that i want to put out there for a lot of uh, buyers that are listening um you have banks right that go by fannie mae or freddie mac guidelines right. and then you have lenders that are not banks where you can go in and do deposits but they're still the direct lenders now the difference between banks um and I'm talking in general sense, is that they're more regulated than the lenders. And what happens is, so with Freddie Mac or Fannie Mae guidelines, a bank, in order to further protect themselves, they will add an overlapping guideline 
So it is already, you know, not the easiest to get pre-approved, yeah. although I think it's fairly easy, but for some people it may be a little tougher. They now add a layer on top of the regular guidelines. So they're making it more difficult. And then so people think, oh, I don't qualify to buy a home, right. but that's not the case. So I would always recommend, you know, if you want to go to your local bank, please do find out what you qualify with them. And then also go to a regular lender, a direct lender that your realtor yeah, recommends. Yeah, and then compare the two. And also, again, talk to your realtor about the option so that you can understand because sometimes a lender will talk too fast or a lender may not explain everything as it should be. So right. if you have questions, confide in that realtor that, that the realtor will guide you and make sure you understand. And if not, get a phone call with the with the lender, talk together and make sure you guys, you know, understand the whole no, it's clear a good, picture. It's, it's a good point because, listen, and, and I can say it because I don't have a real estate company, but lenders sometimes can offer you a lot more flexibility. And maybe they don't have as much red tape. They still buy by the law, but there's not as much red, red tape because they don't abide by those regulations. So if you're first starting out, go to your local bank if you have a... Because in some cases, you can get a better rate depending on your relationship with your bank. But it's good to have options. Don't accept the first yes. That's one of the rules of negotiation anyway. It's just don't do that. So those are the options available for you. And check out and look at them. So that was number three. That was number three. So that was, you know, making sure you understand your loan programs okay. because number two was getting a lender. Um, number four, I would say um, realtor. <laughs> Again, get you a realtor. <laughs> and not, I'm not just saying it because I'm a realtor, but, you know, I'm a realtor for a reason and I see what people go through. And, yeah. <laughs> and I really do feel that if you have that realtor, everything is going to be fine. And there's also down payment assistance programs available too. That's and key. some lenders don't have that. So if you do want to buy, but you're, you're, you know, you think that, oh, I can't buy because I don't have enough money saved. Don't put that into perspective until you speak to a lender, because there are a lot of programs out there available right. for first time buyers with down payment assistance. And, you know, with that said, with down payment assistance and with the help of closing costs, you may be able to go in to buy a home with almost nothing down Absolutely. or into the deal. But, you know, you and do see make that's the money. their points of having a realtor. Yeah. Listen, here, here's the thing. The realtor wants to sell. Yeah. <laughs> they want to help you find out and get to the promised land faster. So it's not like the realtor is against you. So the reason why she's saying get a realtor, especially ones that knows the law of the land a little, is because they want the sale. It doesn't cost you a dime. And they're going to work to make to help you to get to where you need to be faster. And that, that's super important. Yeah. And, um, you know, if one more thing I can add, I would say do use the Internet. Mm -hmm. But again, use your realtor to go back and, and, and ask questions because, you know, maybe there is something that you're not sure about and maybe your realtor didn't touch on. So don't go trying to figure it out on your own and using right. the internet because, like I said, it could lead you down the rabbit hole exactly. very, very quickly and you don't want to do that. So having that guidance and having that buffer that you can, you know, go into and, and speak clearly and openly about what are your concerns and your questions definitely will help. Um, but use the internet. Go in there, research and ask questions, lots and, of questions. And, and do you feel like it's wrong for someone that has a, an existing realtor and they don't feel like they're doing the right, uh, treating them with the right service or they're not knowledgeable to get another realtor? Absolutely, absolutely. So if you really do feel like your realtor is not performing, is not getting back to you or is not knowledgeable, absolutely, right. you owe that to yourself. Absolutely. So don't feel like you're, in t you know, you're obligated to use that realtor. If they're not providing a service to you, you have the right to fire them. 
There you go. And you know, um, I haven't been fired myself, <laughs> um, but you know, I've I've had realtors that have lost clients because they didn't get back to them in time, right. or you know, they gave them wrong information, not intentionally, but um, it, it happens. And you, as a client, you have the right to do that. I think this is great knowledge for people because while you have obviously dealt with a lot of people, celebrities and other people that have purchased houses. There are a lot of people out there in the world that still have not experienced home ownership. And it is a piece of the American dream is one of the largest purchases that you make in your life. And for, I'm sure in your position as a boss and as a broker and agent, all of the <laughs> things wrapped into one, you want that experience to be memorable because you want them to come back to your company as well. Yes, absolutely. And one more thing for all of you guys that are listening. So I, sell homes for Fannie Mae. And so there's a website that everybody should check out, which is homepath.com. And that's where all the Fannie Mae properties are listed that are foreclosed. However, there's also a section there that's called, uh, it's a home home ready uh, product, mortgage product, where you can actually get 3% uh, closing contribution towards your purchase, okay. but you have to fulfill a certain education. Um, oh. a, a, there's an education that you have to pass. And then with that certificate, buying a home through home path, you can actually get 3% towards your closing costs. Oh, wow. Now, if you listen, if you, if you look at that, 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 that can be a substantial amount of money for some people. Yeah. So thank you for doing that. Now, Julie, normally when we have guests on the show, we never have any self-promotion and you didn't do that this time, but actually you've given out a lot of jewels of wisdom to people. So if someone's listening and there will be people in South Florida, um, plug yourself, like how do they get in contact with you? So you guys can get a hold of me via my office number, 305-751-6400. I also have Instagram, uh, Julie's Realty Miami, or my personal page, Julie underscore the underscore broker. You can find me there. Um, Yeah, and we're located. We have an office in North Bay Village, and I just opened up a second location in downtown Miami. So we're taking over downtown Miami. I think that's awesome. (laughs) And we're going to also include those links if you're listening to the show. If you go into the notes section of the podcast, all of her direct links actually will be listed right there. Julie, we always do something on Be Inspired, and we kind of put you on the spot where we want to take away, another takeaway. I mean, you've given a, a lot of things to consider, but if you have to invoke one piece of wisdom as a part of your ins- inspiration, what would that be to the listener out there? Real estate related? Whatever you, whatever you feel. Whether I mean, it's during these times, whether it's has it relate to buying a house, whether it's a real estate agent, whatever. I think just in general, be passionate about anything that you do. You know, it doesn't have to be career. It could be, you know, giving back to a community. So I feel like if you live a passionate life, um, you will live a long and, and, and good life. And so that's something that I want people to take away from this is that, you know, my passion has brought me to where I am today and I'm forever grateful and I hope that everyone does the same thing in their life for something that they're passionate about. Well, it's been an extreme pleasure having you on the show. I hope you've enjoyed yourself on Be Inspired. Thank you for the opportunity. I loved it. Thank you. Absolutely. So there you have it. It is the right time to buy. So is it buy, sell, or is it wait? Julie's saying don't press the pause button. She's saying get out there and get it and things will be fine. And if you look at the forecast of where home prices should be, everything seems to look stabilized. And most importantly, if you haven't received her most powerful part of wisdom, it's get a realtor, (laughs) (laughs) get an agent. This is Miguel Global, your host on the Be Inspired podcast. And remember, 
you can have a lot of choices when you wake up in the morning, but always remember that you can have the choice to be inspired. Don't forget to like, follow, and rate the page, and follow us on all social medias at Be Inspired Podcast. Until the next episode, we out of here.